Would you please be seated? And if I could ask the children to come forward, we're going to have children's church right here on the floor. So come on up, guys. Children's church is where all the fun happens. So for those of you all that stay in regular adult church, you get a piece of it today. So grab a seat right here. And we're going to have a video here in a minute like we always do in children's church. Go ahead and sit down. We'll have a video. And then we'll talk a little bit about what Christmas is all about. And then I know for those of you all that come to children's church on a regular basis, you're wondering, okay, wonder what kind of snack Mr. and Mrs. Bailey brought today, right? Well, I can promise you it's not spinach. They love spinach. They say, yeah, let's have it. But it's not spinach, but Kaylee and Colin and Mrs. Bailey and Kaylee and Colin's mom helped us put together a snack pack for you. So when we're done here in the back, we'll get you all to grab your snack pack as you go back to your parents. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you give us Christmas to celebrate the birth of your son. So, Lord, as we think about Christmas, we ask that you would just guide and direct our every thought that it may bring you glory and help us better understand what you would have for us in life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray you. Amen. So can we have our video, please? If you guys want to turn around and watch the video. When sin entered the world, peace between God and people was broken. But God promised to send a rescuer. Many years later, Isaiah the prophet said, A child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. He will be called the Prince of Peace. Isaiah said the Prince of Peace would be from Galilee. God chose to send his son Jesus to the earth as a baby. And he chose Mary to be Jesus' mother. During the time Mary was pregnant with baby Jesus, the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus announced that everyone needed to be registered for a census. Every person traveled to the town where his family was from. Mary was engaged to Joseph. Since Joseph was a descendant of King David, he and Mary left their home in Nazareth of Galilee and traveled to Bethlehem, the city of David. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. Mary and Joseph looked for a safe place for Mary to have her baby. But every place was full because of all the people who were in town to be counted. So Mary and Joseph found a place where animals were kept. And that is where Mary had her baby. She wrapped baby Jesus tightly in cloth and she laid him in a manger. In the same region, some shepherds were staying out in the fields and watching their sheep to protect them from thieves and predators. All of a sudden, an angel of the Lord stood before them. A bright light shone around the shepherds, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I have very good news for you. Today, a Savior who is Messiah the Lord was born for you in the city of David. Then the angel said, you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. A king in a manger? That was no place for a king. All of a sudden, 
many angels appeared, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people he favors. So the shepherds went straight to Bethlehem to find baby Jesus. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. The shepherds went and told others about the baby Jesus. Everyone who heard about Jesus was surprised and amazed. Mary thought about everything that was happening and tried to understand it. The shepherds returned to their fields, praising God because everything had happened just as the angel had said. All right, guys. So that's not a new story, I hope, for anybody. So let me ask you a question. Now, I know there's all kinds of clues here in this room, but what is the most important part of Christmas? God. God, yay. God, God, which God? Jesus, yes. God that came to be with us, born in a manger, right? Pretty cool, huh? Did you know that... 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah said there would be a son born of a virgin, and they will call him Emmanuel. Does, does anybody know what Emmanuel means? Anybody know what Emmanuel means? we got a couple hands. I knew you two would know, without a doubt. And I knew Miss Kaylee would know. All right, Kaylee, give it a go. God is with us. That's what Emmanuel means. God with us. Think about that. God with us. Anywhere you go, anything you do, God is with you. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, God is with you. If you are having the toughest time you've ever had today, God is right there with you. So all you have to do is stop. Ask God to give you a little bit of peace and comfort and joy, even in the midst of the worst day you've ever had. Okay? He's always with you. Always with you. He is Emmanuel. God with us. So let me ask you this question. Why Mary and why Joseph? I mean, think about it. Mary, just another young lady... But God chose her to bear a child that would be called the Son of God. He is the Son of God. To which Mary responded, and this is out of Luke. Look, at the, look up there on the screen. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So why Mary? Hey, what about why Joseph? Joseph was nothing special. He's like any other young man. He and Mary were going to be married one of these days. They were looking forward to that. But Joseph has a dream, and the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. And he says, you know, the, the baby that Mary is carrying was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and you are to call him Jesus. Name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then Joseph says, as he wakes up, he thinks about that dream, and what does he do? He did as the angel of the Lord commanded. So why Mary and why Joseph? Nothing special about them. Nothing at all special about them. 
Their name does not rhyme. You're exactly right. We, we could have done better with those two names, couldn't we? We could have. These two people, a young man and a young woman who are going to be married in a not too far distant future, were from a very small town. But guess what? God knew they would be obedient. God knew they would be courageous and do what he called them to do and follow him where he called them to follow. What about you guys? You know, God has a plan for every one of you. God has a plan for everybody here today. The question is, will we follow his plan? Will we be obedient? Will we be courageous when God calls us to do something that some of our friends may not think is really cool? But like Mary and Joseph, if we do, God will use us to do mighty things and advance his kingdom so people will know about his son, Jesus Christ, because of each of you. So two lessons here today. God is with us regardless of what we're doing, regardless of how bad things are, or how good things are. God is with us. And the second lesson is God has a plan for you. And he's going to call on you. And it's up to you to answer God. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal, your own Lord and Savior, there's some folks here after church that could talk to you about that and tell you a little more about it. Um, But if you do, God is always with you and he has a plan for you and he's going to call you. So please answer that call and go where the Lord asks you to go. Do the things that the Lord asks you to do. Okay? All right. So, as I said, Mrs. Bailey's going to meet you guys in the back. Kayla and Colin are going to help hand out the uh, snack packs we've got for you. Go ahead and grab you a snack pack and slide back to your parents, grandparents, to your family. And I'm going to talk to the adults because they really, I noticed they weren't paying a whole lot of attention to this lesson. So we're going to give them their own lesson. All right? So you guys, thanks for coming up. I'm being honest about how fun Children's Church is. If you ever get a chance to come in and join us, or as Miss Page, our, my boss, would tell you, uh, we're always looking for uh, other adults to come and help teach Children's Church. It is a blast. It is truly a blast. So thinking about the nativity, for me, that's what Christmas is all about. You can put up the Christmas tree. You can put everything out that you want to decorate with. But the nativity brings Christmas to me. And if we think about the nativity, it just might help us celebrate Christ's birth more deeply. It might help us understand its importance for our lives and the lives of those around us. And it just might give us the impetus to share with other people the why for God coming to be flesh and blood some 2,000 years ago. You know, God loved His creation so much that for centuries He tried to communicate that love to His people. All of creation 
communicated God's love. Think about it, the flowers, the rain, a sunrise, a sunset is nothing but the Lord saying, I love you. God even sent his prophets to proclaim his love. But as humans, most of us just didn't get it. We missed that message of love. But in the nativity, we find living proof that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. God's omnipotence cometh down to man's feebleness. The infinite majesty stoops to man's infirmity. In Christ, the infinite has become an infant. Frederick Butcher says it this way. In a town called Bethlehem, a child was born who beyond the power of anyone to account for was the high and lofty one made low and helpless. The one who inhabits eternity came to dwell in time. The one whom none can look upon and live is delivered in a stable under the soft in different gaze of cattle. Now, I know Christmas is, of course, just the beginning of, of how God came to save us. For our Lord Jesus will go to the cross and stand in our place to pay the penalty for our sins, to die the death we deserve to die. And three days later, He will conquer death as our risen Lord. On Easter morning, the proclamation of Christmas is God and sinners reconciled. That is the heart of Christmas. God and sinners reconciled. And in the words of C.S. Lewis, God has landed on this enemy occupied planet in human form. In Bethlehem, God did the unthinkable. In John 1.14, we heard read earlier, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. God left the throne of heaven and became a king in disguise. The Lord of the universe in human scale. The Creator came to live among His creatures. J.I. Packer says it this way, Nothing... Absolutely nothing in fiction is so fantastic as the truth of God's incarnation. On Christmas Eve, Father Brooke reminded us that the Christmas child came from the Father full of grace and truth. And this on Christmas Eve, and Brooke reminded us the truth we all have to face is every one of us is a sinner. Every one of us is a sinner. But thanks be to God, His grace provided us a Savior born of a virgin. John 1.14 continues, We have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, Everyone that witnessed Jesus, everyone that saw him walking down the street, 
could see what God was truly like. They could behold His perfect love. They witnessed His faithfulness to the Father in heaven and to those who loved Him. They saw His devotion to even the least in society. Jesus never walked past the sick and the poor and the hungry, the young or the old. Jesus even loved those with dark hearts that hated Him most. When God showed up in Jesus Christ, He came not to bring judgment upon the world, but to bear the judgment we deserve. To pay the penalty for our sins and to remove the barrier between humanity and God. In His earthly incarnation, the world beheld a perfect model of what life could be like if only... If only we put our trust in God Himself. The coming of the Messiah in Bethlehem had to happen for the world to be reconciled to God. Think about it. God became a man. Not a burning bush or a pillar of fire. Not a firestorm or a whirlwind. A little man wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a feed trough. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. It's beyond our ability to comprehend exactly what God did in Bethlehem. But what we can do is stand back, bow down, and worship our Heavenly Father for what He did in sending His Son into the world to save us. His Son brought a message of hope that the world so desperately needs, that each of us desperately need. In Christmas, we find that we worship a God who instead of being distant and reigning from on high, has come into the midst of our suffering to share it with us, to face it with us, and to conquer it with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Psalm 27, 1 reminds us that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And in Isaiah 41, 10, we read, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. All of us, all of us go through tough times. And all too often, we feel as if we're alone. Beloved, Jesus is our Emmanuel. You are never alone. God is with us. Look closely at history or his story. And you'll find that everyone from Moses to Martha to all the believers through the ages have found God in the midst of our storms. Max Lucado put it this way. God gets into things. He gets into red seas. He gets into big fish. He gets into hungry lion's dens and fiery furnaces. God gets into bankrupt businesses. And hospital rooms. He gets into jail cells and Judean weddings. 
God gets into funerals and Galilean tempests. God gets into things. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus literally moved heaven and earth to be with us. Turned everything upside down to come and be with us. The incarnation of our Lord and Savior did not happen just so that we would know God existed. No, it happened to bring Him near. It happened so that He could be with us and we with Him. God came to be one of us. He came to be with us in our storms. He came to walk with us and to be with us in every circumstance we go through in life, good and bad. He is the light for us when it seems as if all other light has gone out. In the epistle to the Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, we read, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus Christ became a man when God was poured into flesh. He literally became one of us. He was tempted as we are in every way. But as Scripture reminds us, He never sinned. There is nothing we experience that He can't sympathize with. There is no weakness that we've had that He didn't have. He experienced our human weariness. He experienced our human pain. Jesus experienced human death. Nailed to a cross. Left hanging there until He died. And the one to whom we pray knows the depths of your pain. He hears your cry. And He provides God's mercy and grace in your time of need. Again, Max Lucado writes, The tongue that called forth the dead was a human tongue. The hand that touched the leper had dirt under its nails. The feet upon which the woman wept were calloused and dusty and dirty. And his tears, oh, please don't miss his tears. The tears that Jesus cried came from a heart as broken as yours or mine has ever been. He is Emmanuel. He is one of us. Christmas reminds us that Christ chose to enter into our suffering. He sympathizes with us in that he is with us. He's just not saying, I see what you're going through. No. Jesus has been through the same suffering. Jesus, our Emmanuel, goes through our suffering with us. Take heart, beloved. Take heart. During our 
Blue Christmas worship service, which I would highly recommend to everyone, even if you're not blue. It is a wonderful, wonderful service. Father Larry reminded us that the story of Christmas is the story of a Savior who came into this world. A Savior who could only save this world by suffering for it and by dying for it. The story of a Savior for whom there is no wound so raw, no wound so deep, no wound so foul that Jesus cannot relate to your wounds. That Savior calls us to let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Those are words spoken by our Lord hours before his trial, his scourging, and his crucifixion. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me because you believe in God. I don't know what your year has been like. I know we're all looking forward to 2020 where we'll have perfect spiritual vision. But for the Bailey family, it's been a pretty tough year. Get your kidneys, get one of your kidneys removed. Your daughter has tuberculosis. Your grandson has tuberculosis. Your wife has a stroke. Been a pretty tough year for the Baileys. And I'm sure you've had some pretty tough times in the past. Maybe, maybe you're going through some pretty tough times right now. But I can almost promise you that 99% of us here today will have tough times in the future. But please know that whatever we go through, God is with us. He is Emmanuel. God is with you. God is with me. God is with us. He is Emmanuel. In Christ Jesus, God came to live in us, but He also came to be with us. God is with us to encourage us, to strengthen us with His very presence when the going gets tough. If ever you get to the point of asking, where is God in all of this? Look more closely. Listen, God is right there. He's in the midst of whatever you're going through. I promise. At every point in history, God has defied the world's expectations. At every point in history. And even today, the world finds it impossible to comprehend a God like Jesus. The ordinariness of the night in Bethlehem betrays the extraordinary richness of the nativity. So let me close with this verse from a little town of Bethlehem. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear His coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive Him still, the dear Christ enters in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day that we could have as a family worship day. 
Lord, I pray a special blessing on the young people that participated in our little snippet of children's church. Bless them, Lord. Touch them in a way that will inspire them and move them for every day of their life to follow you. And for the rest of us here today, Lord, we are gathered to worship you. May the Christ child be born anew in us every day that our praises get louder and louder. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand and join me in professing our faith?